So hi everybody, welcome to this new episode of the Emojo podcast where we'll be discussing migrations with Bella Lewis, a representative of the Caribbean Student Society, and my co-host Felicia, who's the VP Finance of ASSA. Um, so I guess we'll start with Bella Lewis introducing herself and what is CSS. Um, hi everyone, so I'm in my fourth and final year, I'm in my last semester at McGill. Um, I'm a double major in anthropology and international development studies. I'm actually taking a course specifically on migration this semester. So that's really come in clutch. When I got the email about this podcast, I was like, I don't really know much about migration. And now I'm taking a class on it. So it's kind of fun. Um, I've been a part of CSS. I've never, I'm not in like the executive Uh, board but most of all my friends have mm -hmm. I stuck in very true Caribbean fashion and kept close <laughs> to my my people when coming to McGill my mom's always like you've made no Canadian friends what are and I was like sorry I my bad I did the I did the Caribbean thing and I just stuck with with what I know which has been lovely I've reconnected with a lot of old friends made new friends um we do a lot of fun things we do our our cookouts Uh, we do our parties, which I think we're most famed for, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> been missing them a lot this COVID season. They're usually what pull, I feel like, pull us through mm -hmm. the winter months and gearing up for summer. And yeah, it's been hard to definitely keep connections when everything, with everything being online and everyone, like some people being back home in the Caribbean, some people mm -hmm. being here in Montreal bearing the cold and looking in on the lives of everyone in the sunshine while we trudge through the snow. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Um, also, if you hear loud thudding in the background, my neighbors love playing extremely loud music at like any given point in the day. So I'm really <laughs> sorry in advance if that gets to <laughs> Thank you for introducing you. Um, and I completely understand you for, for the neighbors. Um, so our first question is, uh, what are the migration patterns in the Caribbean? So is it um, migrations within the Caribbean or is it a matter of like um, north-south migrations? What can you tell us about this? Um, I would say most, from what I can observe, I would say it's mostly, and I don't know if this gets to a later question that mm -hmm. I saw that I really have a, sta uh, a thing to say about. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it's mostly like um, South North, like it's a lot of people going to North America or mm -hmm. England, big ties to England, shout out to colonialism. Um, <laughs> but like big, big ties in that way. Uh, like my family immigrated. So like I have Canadian citizenship because my dad's family left Jamaica when he was like 18 and immigrated to Canada a lot of my family left Guyana and moved um to Canada as well so like I have a lot of ties in Canada having not mm -hmm. lived here ever in my like until coming to McGill um so there's a lot of diaspora I mean Toronto is a huge hub I go to Toronto and I see people that I know and I'm like I've never lived here why do I know you this makes no sense <laughs> um and then I would say there's some movement between the islands um But like not significantly. And I don't know if Barbados is, Barbados is so small. Um, and it's so like, it's really just like, it is a tourist paradise. The cost of living is extremely high. Like 
Barbados is not, in my opinion, Barbados is not an island for Barbadians. It is an island for tourism. Um, and so, you know, like we, our supermarkets like have Waitrose and are like spitting image of England. Like we really are trying to cater to tourists rather to, to others. And so I wouldn't say there's like a big market, but I would say like expats, like the question that you guys have about the difference of how migration is publicized. Barbados is like hotspot for expats, which is just a really fancy privileged way of saying immigrant. Um, but with like international business, like my mom worked in international business. And so like a lot of my friends growing up were like British, Canadians, like Americans. So like that's very popular, but it's like very niche. Um, so there, yeah, that's, and I like, I'm not very well versed on um, other islands per se, but there's definitely because of CARICOM. So our like mm -hmm. inter or like regional group, um, there's a lot of travel of like business among the islands. Um, also like churches as well. Like a lot of like heads of churches or like they move around the Caribbean and like we'll have different. Um, that's one thing I noticed from going to church and growing up. Um, but yeah, that's, I would say the most significant would though be South, South North. And how does the population in the Barbados, because I remember, like, I don't know if it's like a good comparison, but I remember when I went to uh, Europe like two summers ago, uh, places like Portugal and Spain, they would hate tourists, you know, because like there was mm -hmm. a lot of tourists coming in and stuff. And what you're saying about Barbados, I'm wondering how does the population that actually live there, you know, like the whole year or, mm -hmm. you know, like come from there, like, how do they feel about, about all that, uh, that inflow? Um, I would say COVID has definitely put things like, and this is like, I haven't been home in a while. So like, this is mm -hmm. what I'm getting from Beijing Twitter, which is where I get most of my information. It's very <laughs> informational. It's very fun. I really recommend Beijing Twitter. <laughs> um, and I would say COVID, like COVID has definitely highlighted a lot of things to citizens of who, like of who actually matters. Um, but I would say normally, like there's, The issue is if when tourists come and they don't behave in a way that they behave normally, like a lot of a lot of people will come to the Caribbean and be like, oh my goodness, I'm in an island. I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I can walk on the street bareback with no shoes on and walk into the supermarket in my bikini. <laughs> and it's like, absolutely not. We have rules and regulations in this country. You cannot just come into the supermarket in your bikini. That's not how it works. <laughs> Please put on some clothes. I don't want to see your board shorts. Um, but I would say mostly like Bajans are such lovely, welcoming people and like we've always had tourism and so tourism like it's it is what it is. It exists there. Many people's lively, livelihoods depend on yeah. on the, on tourism. And so there is a really good relationship, I would say, for the most part, um, it's quite good. I would say we have bigger concerns with regards to eat, like Bajans um, that we need to like deal with like tourists are, tourists are like okay hello but like we have our own issues mm -hmm. um specifically like racial issues like I'm a white Barbadian like I also want to like I don't represent the majority of the population obviously mm -hmm. like white the white population is three percent of Barbados oh, wow. um yeah it's very small mm -hmm. um but a lot of the economic power exists within that within mm -hmm. that small subgroup and that is alarming and it's a lot there's a lot of there are a lot of problems that we need to deal as a community as a country ex excluding tourists and I think that really came to light this summer um mm -hmm. 
with Black Lives Matter exploding globally, it really came home, which was really good. A lot of people needed to be woken up. A lot of people, a lot of white Asians living in delusion. And so that was like, that was definitely, I feel like that is like very important. But then with COVID happening and like realizing just how much tourists don't care about the people that, that you know, like the island is their, the island is their playground. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm on vacation. And it's like, you're on vacation. There's a pandemic and people, you know, like you're bringing, you're not thinking about the the people of the country that you live in, that you're coming to visit. Um, So definitely COVID has put things into perspective. Um, But pre-COVID, I'm going to say pretty stellar vibes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. So out of curiosity, um, what was the impact of uh, the BLM movement um, in the Barbados? Yeah, so we had two BLM protests this summer. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one was a bit, because it was COVID, um, the first one got shut down. So the first one, we went to the American embassy and we protest outside on the street. Um, But because of COVID regulations and at that time we weren't allowed to gather, um, there were a lot of issues. And so it did get shut down quite quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, But our... In Barbados, and at least for our protest, it was really backed by the Rastafarian community, specifically because a lot of our police brutality, instances of police brutality, have been geared at the Rastafarian community in Barbados. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our Pan-Africanist movement was like really like the pushing force behind it. Um, and that one was much more organized. We marched through our, our city and then we ended up in uh, Independence Square and there was like poetry reading, spoken word. Um, dances, uh, musical performances. Uh, we demanded. I think all of our demands got me, me reached actually, which is really cool. One of the one yeah. of them was to take down in our Independence Square. We had a, a statue of like a colonialist dude, British dude, and he was like in our square. And everyone was like, "Why is this makes no sense? <laughs> like none of this is adding up." Mm-hmm. Uh, so we demanded to get the statue taken down, and it got taken down a couple months ago, which is pretty cool. Um, and we demanded to leave the Commonwealth and become a republic. So really, like, wow. really sever our ties with England. And so hopefully, um, if like things would plan and our prime minister keeps her word, that will happen next year. We're gearing for 2022 wow. to finally become wow. a republic. I would be jealous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so tying was... up, like, just um, to what you were saying, the racial question and maybe migration too. I'm wondering, because I still don't know a lot about Barbados in general, I'm wondering where um, is the population situated? Like, is the urban population, like, Black? And then the rural, is there a rural, like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't really have that. It's like, it's so funny moving to Canada and, like, explaining. They'd be like, how big is your town? What's your Mm -hmm. town? What's your city? And I was like, we don't, that lingo doesn't work. Like, Mm -hmm. we have... Like, it's, like, I technically live in rural, but, like, I live 15 minutes drive from, like, a major, like, um, like, a major, what's the word, like, commercial area, you know, like, mm-hmm. you just drive down the hill, hop on the highway, mm-hmm. and you're right there, so everything is really small, like, there are definitely parishes that are really, like, not as much, like, there's not as much population, but people still live there, most people live on, like, Barbados is, like, a, a like, a, I don't know how to think how to it's like a chicken nugget okay. <laughs> like a chicken nugget so it's like that and so most people live on like like west south mm-hmm. like west south um and then the like east coast is where like the atlantic is so it's like really rough 
So like the okay. beaches, like people can't swim there, you know. Um, those that part of the island is not as populated. It's also a lot more. It's a lot drier. So like the for like farming and stuff. Um, but I spent a lot of time in the summer because I was working at an animal shelter there. Lovely place. If I ever move back home, you best catch me in like the place where no people live. I'd love that. <laughs> um, but we it's like it's not it's not like towns and cities and things like it's like we have Bridgetown, which is like our city center. It's where all the government buildings are, even though most government buildings have moved a bit around the island. We have a place called Warrens, which is like. It's like not the city, but it's like where all the like companies are and the supermarkets and the hardware mm -hmm. stores and the like super stores and stuff they're there so it's a bit random but the thing is, is Barbados is so small that it's like like I like people laugh at me where I'm like oh no, no it's really far it's like a 20 minute drive and people are like <laughs> who don't live in Barbados like, like what a 20 minute drive and I'm like yeah it's a journey it's a journey you'll have to pay me for gas sorry that's too far. <laughs> so I guess oh. the population racially is pretty mixed Or is there like neighborhoods? Like if there's no uh, towns or cities? Yeah, there's mostly neighborhoods. Okay. Um, so like I, my mom lives in a neighborhood, but like neighborhoods are also like not like the idea of like a neighborhood with mm -hmm. like a little, like all the houses are the same. Like that's not very common. So like my mom lives in one of those and it's a very like, it's a very um, like diverse neighborhood, which is, I would say in most cases, like, not always the case like the fancy like it's it's it can be a bit like there's this really big house and then all of a sudden there's not and it can but for the most part I would say like people people live where they live I don't know I live my dad lives just like in the middle of nowhere just in like a field so I have no neighbors really okay. um but like my mom lives in a neighborhood um and their neighborhoods around um yeah no one really lives near the beach because that's where all like the fancy houses that tourists live in mm. um which is funny because everyone's always like oh my god so you live on the beach that's yeah. so cool because you live in an island and I'm like absolutely not I do not live mm. by the beach at all sorry sorry to burst your bubble <laughs> yikes yeah yeah <laughs> um so what do we have why do states in both the developed and developing world endorse anti-migration policies Is there, is there even such a thing in Barbados? Like, are you like, because from what you've been saying, like there's a lot of tourists coming in. Mm -hmm. Is there any like anti-migration? Like, is that even yeah. a thing or? Yeah. There, there were definitely, like when I was growing up, there was like deep, like anti-Guyanese immigrant sentiment. Oh, why? Uh, Um, I don't know. Like they just like a lot of Guyanese folks are coming over to Barbados because you know, like everyone's like Barbados. They're so they're so mm -hmm. developed yeah. in the Caribbean. They have all these cool things, and a lot of you know Guyanese folks are like I want that. I'm gonna come on over. We have Caricom. Mm -hmm. Um, so like there's definitely a lot of like anti anti Guyanese sentiment growing up. As now, not as much. Um, and I don't know if that's just because I'm not home as much, and like I'm not. I'm just not engaged in the in the discussions of, of, of immigration. Um, and I, I don't know if people have realized that Barbados is just actually very hard to live there. It's a very expensive, like it's very high cost living. Um, definitely right now, I would say one of the most major immigration issues would be in Trinidad with regards to Venezuela. Mm -hmm. uh, because Venezuela is like really close to Trinidad. Like if you, like you can see Venezuela from, from Trinidad. And so there are a lot of instances of, um, 
Venezuelan folks coming over to Trinidad to get a better life, as they should. I mean, freedom to move is the freedom to move. Um, and there's definitely like divide in the, of the country, I would say. I don't know now, I'd have to talk to my roommates from Trinidad, so I would have to get an update from her. Um, but like, I would definitely say like last year beginning, it was there was definitely like anti-Venezuelan sentiment. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if it's the same, you know, the same, the same thing. And I think it's funny. I, I'm a really big believer in language. I think the way that we use language is so important and it really, really influences and shapes the way that we understand things in this world, how we understand ourselves, how we understand others. Um, and I think the distinction of the word immigrant versus expatriate is like really important. And I think that goes across the board of like anti-immigrant, like anti-immigrant, like you would never hear anti-expat. And mm -hmm. it's essentially the same mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. The other, one of the groups is just majority white and rich. And the other group is just folks. Mm -hmm. Maybe people of color, maybe not. Just your, you know, like folks trying to move and find mm -hmm. some, a better life for themselves. And so I find it interesting, just like anti-immigrant sentiment and all these rules. But then we see like these, you know, people gallivanting all across the world and moving to these countries to be the CEOs and to be the, the, the this and the that and to like bring jobs to the country, but then never give, never give those high positions of power to people from the country, mind you, that rarely ever happens. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know if it's like, if you're thinking like a little anthropology cap, the idea of like the group, the in-group and like protecting that identity and for, you know, fear of that being eroded, a fear of values being eroded. Um, but we live in such a globalized world. I mean, it's so hard to, like if your argument is like, oh, we need to like the in-group protect our people. It's like your people are scrolling on TikTok seeing what someone's doing in Australia. Like sure, there's, sure. they are being exposed mm -hmm. to other things. Like, I think if you have the resources but let's say in Quebec, in Quebec, like the anti-migration, it's it's really like a stance a lot of people have. Like mm -hmm. we're yeah. too many migrants like coming in, we should mm -hmm. stop. Like that's a lot of people think that. I don't know why they're in Canada, but in Quebec, there's like, like I would say a good part of the population that like adheres to like that type of idea. Like I'm wondering, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, as I said in the beginning, I don't know much about the Caribbeans, but the way you're talking about it now, it feels almost as if it's like, like, a nation like I don't know if there's like really like discrimination mm. like between islands but the way you talk about it it seems like it's almost like a country of itself mm. you know so I, I definitely feel, feel that way a bit yeah maybe um, that's why the, the anti-migration is not as uh as strong if you say that like there's a lot of like moving from an island to another I'm wondering mm -hmm. if like you know I would say we definitely like we stay like you know like I live with a Trini roommate and like she's from Trinidad, I'm from Barbados. But like we have different words for things, but it's the same thing, you know, mm -hmm. like we there's a bit of like non-understanding, but it's very easy to get to that understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, more so than it is trying to explain my life to a Canadian because mm -hmm. they're like, I don't understand why you put on a jammed up swimsuit and dance around in the street in mm -hmm. summer. Why do you do that? And I'm like, it's carnival that's what we do and they're like I don't understand and I'm like I don't feel to explain it to you this is too much I'm too pressured mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so like we have different names for things but it is like it's more or less the same like they're like Caribbean food and like 
you know they're always like light-hearted jokes of being like well that's actually you know me and my roommate's favorite thing is being like no that's from Barbados and she's like no it's from Trinidad I mean no it's from Barbados and she's like no it's from Trinidad <laughs> and there's that banter but I wouldn't say there's like there's deep there's like any I would say the only thing I remember was like anti-Guyanese sentiment um and I definitely like like you see a lot of Guyanese folks working like you know like being gardeners and working in like trade jobs um Mm -hmm. and like essential worker jobs essentially like those jobs that really keep society going that no one else wants to do as most immigrants work across the world Mm -hmm. and then people want to holler for that they're stealing their jobs but then do not wish to do the jobs that keep society running Mm -hmm. but that is you know so but I don't really I don't really feel that that vibe anymore and like I don't really meet like I rarely meet people in Barbados who like aren't from Barbados you know like I never really meet like sometimes I'll meet like the odd Trini or Jamaican and I'll be like whoa what are you doing here why did you leave your island and not in like a why did you leave but just more in like I feel like we have the same thing going on like what brought you over here what what enticed you so much about our island I need to know Mm. um but I would say for Quebec and I feel like Quebec is such a it's a province that prides itself on its on its group identity and maybe that like that anti-immigrant um sentiment stems from that fear that fear of that group identity being broken mm-hmm. um, yeah but even in the rest of the world like i took quebec because that's what i know but you see like even in europe like countries that like don't want migrants no more you know like when there was mm-hmm. the crisis you know like a few mm-hmm. years back We're, we're like, oh my God, there's going to be like too many Syrians. Like, you know, us like French people or German people are going to become a minority. Like even these concerns are like echoed in Quebec. Like you hear mm-hmm. a lot about, like I'm from here, right? So I hear a lot about it. So uh, yeah, but it's really interesting what you're saying. Like, like it, it seems like it's like almost like a fake country. Like as if like all the islands, like they, they kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, combine and like create that kind of like, place where people culturally relate to each other even though they're not mm-hmm. yeah so what are the visible impacts of caribbean migrants once they co- once they come back home hmm. innovation i would say um i would i feel i feel like a lot of people who go to foreign like you know you get island fever like you live in a really small place for a really long time and it's fantastic it's a beautiful place beautiful people mm-hmm. but like you reach 18 and you're like is there more like what's happening out there like what is what's happening and a lot I feel like at least from what I've observed you know like a lot like of friends that I have um who've gone to foreign and like innovated themselves you know like brought businesses home brought ideas home like Chiron who is the president of CSS he's an excellent example of that he had a clothing brand in Barbados and it went well and he came to Canada and he just like popped off like he just like you know he expanded that he expanded the fabrics he used he expanded the designs he did the types of like sewing you know like and you bring that home and it excites people Mm -hmm. um and I would say that that is like the most positive thing I can I can think of and the thing that I noticed the most um I would say rarely people fare for brain drain a lot especially in in small countries which as they should it's it's a fair for sure um and I don't know what it is about Barbados or or the Caribbean in general um but people always come home you know like 
people will always come home. Like you go to foreign, you find yourself, you learn new things. And then I feel like something starts, you know, you're like, you're itching. You're like, you're missing, you're missing, you're missing things. You're missing little like aspects of it. And most people do come home. Um, and I would say, you know, they innovate. And I feel like a lot of innovation has been happening in the last like year, two years. A lot of mm -hmm. the people that I've seen around myself have brought these like fun and exciting things home, which is good because our economy, like I don't want it to be dependent on tourism forever. You know, mm -hmm. like I don't think it needs to be, it doesn't need to be. I feel like a lot of things can like, we don't need to rely on other people. Like we got this, we got mm -hmm. smart people, we got innovative people, we got businesses, we have things to do. I think it's um, interesting. So I feel like that's the biggest thing. Yeah, because just tying it with Africa, I feel like uh, a big problem in a lot of countries is that people leave to study like, let's say in Portugal or wherever, and they stay there, you know, and they yeah. make their lives there, you know, and that's a big problem that kind of like youth drain or, or brain drain, you know, like whatever you want to call it. So I think it's so interesting. It's yeah, I feel like I've observed that. And a lot of people, to be fair, have to in that mm -hmm. our scholarship system, like my, my mom was a scholar. She went to England and she was like, I love England. She like sometimes just like whips out and pretends she's British all the time. She's like, <laughs> I live in England. I love England. And then she was like, the government was like, time to come home. You need to pay off your debt. Let's go. You need to work. For <laughs> so, you know, like a lot of people are like, I love foreign. And then they're like, oh my God, I have to come home. I have like, I can't pay off my student debt. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also like family is so important. Like, and I don't know if I, like, I feel like family and people and like the, the people, like it really is like, it's so important. And mm -hmm. like, it really is like, it becomes such a big part of you um and people just start missing their families also like people start having kids man and like raising kids by yourself in foreign like that like unpaid domestic labor that families provide yeah. for each other should not go unnoted it is extremely mm -hmm. helpful and so I feel like a lot of people move home I think it's hard when you marry a foreign partner or don't mm -hmm. marry you choose a foreign partner because yeah. then to make decisions but yeah but it's interesting because you know like if we're talking about like africa too as i was saying like people have family there and it's often that it's like one person leaves the whole family is behind like my father you know he mm -hmm. left like 30 40 years ago he never went back you know he mm -hmm. found like jobs in europe and he like in uh, north america too and he he left completely but i feel like maybe in barbados as you said Like, it seems like the island is doing well, fine, like, economically, like, because mm -hmm. of the tourism, because it's so small. And, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like maybe in some African countries, like, it's the lack of opportunities that pushes people away. And then maybe it, it uh, come back. forbids them to come back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think the lack of opportunities could be one part of it. I think another is um, the actual government incentive to come back home. Um, as Bella just said, uh, her mother was sort of called from Britain, from Britain to come back home because she had to pay for her student loans. Um, back then, um, I would say in the 1980s, um, some African governments were doing that. They were um, providing higher education to their people um, abroad so they could send some students um, from their country to a developed country. And uh, later on, they will tell them literally, once you're done with a diploma, you have to come back home. Um, Or find you a government job or something like that. Um, so I think that that is missing these days. Um, probably your private sector should engage in it um, a bit more, so that not only the the public sector has to take care of the citizens. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a very interesting uh, way to put it. I also went to Dhabi a year ago, and one of the ministers that was part of the panel was saying that not everybody has to come back. 
but uh, from where you are, you have to do something um, that will be meaningful in any sort of way to the country that sort of gave you um, your citizenship and so on and so forth. So I think that's, that's also an important distinction to make. Well, thank you so much for the discussion. It was so interesting. Yeah. I learned so much yeah. about Caribbeans. I didn't know anything about it. So, uh, yeah, I'm really happy we got to talk to you. Me too. This is yeah, such a amazing. great <laughs> way to get out of my Tim Hortons debacle I got myself into. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you so much, guys, for uh, listening to another edition of the Umoja podcast.